Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schiphol. And that is Steve Jones. And we're bringing you episode 160 today of Concert Pipeline podcast. That's 160. We are on the way to 200. It's going to happen. We, we are, we are, yes. Uh, I don't remember what your timeline was, but it was pretty ambitious. <laughs> Very ambitious. Yeah, we're going to have to crank these out every other day to get there. And no, no time off, uh, no rest for the wicked, for sure. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so we have a, a, a content-packed uh, episode for you today. So we're not going to, you know, we're not going to waste your time. Jens is going to, you know, really just flow off how you can support the podcast. He's not going to dilly-dally with it. Jens, how can people support our podcast? I'm not going to dilly dally dilly dilly uh okay so there are a couple of different ways to uh contact us here at concert pipeline um social media of course is the focus so uh facebook concert pipeline pod um instagram and we've got youtube and we've got twitter all at concert pipeline Yep, and sometimes Periscope, also at Concert Pipeline. So you can check all that out. Subscribe to the podcast, uh, iTunes and Stitcher. Um, leave us a co- good comment. That's uh, That always is great. So uh, so thank you for that. All right, business out of the way. Let's talk about who we have on the podcast. So this is uh, um, night two of Live in the Vineyard is the theme for the podcast tonight. Um, the If you remember episode 158, uh, we featured uh, a lot of female artists on the program, including Bare Naked Ladies. I guess that's not including, but the, the female theme, you know, they were uh, the interview of the, the episode and uh, the female night of Live in the Vineyard with Joseph Heim, Julia Michaels, ZZ Ward, Lindsay L, and Sarah Evans. Um, this is night two of Live in the Vineyard, and we're going to feature an interview with uh, a band who had been on the program uh, just a few months back. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, you should still be able to, um, featuring Magic Giant. Um, so we're going to have them on in a little bit, as well as perf- a ton of music performances, of course, from Magic Giant at Live in the Vineyard, um, Keelan Donovan, Flagship, um, Ocean Park Standoff, uh, The Revivalist, and uh, closing it out with All American Rejects. So lots of lots of good stuff for you. Um, hope your Thanksgiving was amazing and you s- stuffed yourself to the gourd because uh, that's what we do here in America, right? That's right. We uh, get out the bird, and some of us actually go hunting for fowl. Uh, not uh, turkey-related here, necessarily, in terms of the actual hunting bit, but I'm sure you've got some uh, awesome stories uh, to share about that today. But definitely, turkey and stuffing and uh, and uh, that orange stuff, what are those potatoes yams. Are those called? Sweet yams. Pota- sweet potatoes. Yes, sweet yep. potatoes, yep. yams. Yep. Cranberries, uh, you know, turkey gravy, um, ham, you know, all that stuff uh, is, is just, you know, going to lead us all into this massive coma that will last at least until, you know, New Year's. Right, right. Uh, have you ever had a turducken? Have I ever had a what? Turducken. An interducken? A traducken, you okay, so you don't even know a what traducken. it is. I don't even know what that is, no. Okay, so that's a uh, duck inside a chicken. A, a duck inside a chicken inside a turkey. What? Traducken. Google that shit. Come on. <laughs> 
So wait a minute. So people like make it like that? Yeah, they yeah. They stick one animal inside another and then pop it in the uh, oven? Turducken. It, it's, uh, did I say that right? It's a dish consisting of a deboned chicken stuffed inside a deboned duck. Oh, the chicken's inside the duck. Um, further stuffed into a deboned turkey. Um, outside the United States and Canada, it's known as a three-bird roast. Um, yeah. And the, uh, good ducking is a traditional English variant replacing turkey with goose. So where has this been all my life? I have I, I never heard of this. I, Somehow, you're the, you're the first I'm, person I've met that has it, introduced it, this to me. This I is, wouldn't even <laughs> think about Googling something is, like that. This is like, blowing your mind on the podcast this today, This is right? blowing my mind, man. Like, I, like, turkey is enough for me. I wasn't even able to get to the ham. You, it's you, not even – I've had two pre – uh, turkey little get-togethers, and uh, they've been like, 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 what do they call them? Friendsgiving, like Friendsgiving. Yeah. And uh, no one has talked about this, yeah. and um, and I'm already totally stuffed, and uh, I could imagine wanting to eat more than that. So, like, flavor uh, usually awesome or. You need to eat, like invite thirty people to consume all of this stuff. Or what's the point? Uh, you know, it's uh, the point is gorging yourself. I mean, I, I think that's the point. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I would need a full fledged vomitorium after that. Yeah, the, th- uh, the three bird roast and turducken began mid century, expanding in the nineteen sixties and seventies, long before many of the popular commercial Cajun Creole chefs uh, of today took a stage. So I didn't know I was halting the podcast for this. I was just throwing it out there as something that uh, that I thought you might have. Dude, this is know, like new that, uh, news. This is literally blowing my I'm, mind. I'm I, so interested. I think I'm maybe even going to look up, you know, how to do something like this. And I, uh, I mean, we need to take and, baby uh, steps here, Jens, because uh, three minutes before the podcast started, you forgot the turkey in your turkey soup. So... You know, I, I, this might be a little ambitious for you. This is true. I know. Uh, I went out to this uh, grocery store, bought all the vegetables and stuff for my turkey carcass soup, which is literally where you take the, the, you know, the carcass of the turkey, you boil it for an hour or two to get all the meat off of it, which also creates the turkey broth. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I then I had this great broth. I had the turkey on the side and I put all the vegetables in there and I'm like, all right, spicing it up. And lo and behold, I forget to put the turkey, turkey back didn't in. Make it like, into is it. something missing? Uh, <laughs> maybe, I mean, if, if that's hard enough for me, you know, maybe I can't figure out this, uh, turkey, goose, duck, chicken thing. I've, it might be too much for me. You're right. Um, baby steps. <laughs> yes. Yes. But at first you can start looking into it and then, and then maybe, uh, uh, get someone else to do it for you. <laughs> I think that's I, the first. Goes. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to YouTube this, and I'm going to see yes. what happens to people after they eat this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they, they turn into a, a, a human turkey ducking. So, <laughs> right. pretty much. All right. Yeah. So that's a turducken uh, there. Thanksgiving, a blast. Great. Moving on our way towards the holidays and uh, uh, 2018, not too far ahead of us. So. Um, you mentioned hunting, yes. So, and and I've been talking about these stories on the, the podcast because they're, um, uh, you know, kind of one of my. It's my other hobby right now at this uh, at this point. I like to continue to learn and challenge myself and um, and grow and expand my horizons and do new things and uh, um, and get uh, and so I've been um, getting out um, hunting with my uh, my friend Joe, some of his friends as well. 
Um, and this was uh, kind of the first real, real hunt that, I, uh, that I've gotten to go on. We've uh, A lot of the other ones have been more of scouting and, um, you know, sometimes with a, a gun and, you know, jump shooting uh, birds that, you know, we didn't, we didn't uh, ever get anything. And again, for the record, I'm not the one that hunts. I'm uh, an observer and I make videos, you know, for, uh, of the hunts, which, which is really cool. And fun for you me. are the official camouflaged videographer. Exactly. Yeah, I've I've invested into this hobby uh, through. I mean, I bought waders; those aren't cheap. I bought. I mean, I've you know got the kayak. I camoed my kayak for when we go out with the the kayak. I've uh, you know I've got all the supplies except the gun, really, right? And um, and so I'm I'm definitely invested in this uh, this hobby. It's been you know a lot of fun up to this point, but this last weekend. Uh, we went out to uh, Delavan, Delavan uh, National Wildlife uh, Reserve out past Sacramento. And, um, and I mean, we get up at an ungodly hour of like 1.15 in the morning. Uh, to Okay, let's, so let's just pause right there. Yeah. All right, so, you know, sometimes I go to bed around that time. Uh-huh. How, uh, uh, yeah. you know, there'd have to be, I hate to make the, I hate to make the, the association here, but it'd have to be like a massive wildfire, you know, in Napa to get me out of bed that early. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> how did you get out it's, of bed at one thirty? What time did you go to bed? Uh, I mean, I went to sleep at like eight or something, but, um, but I woke up again, you know, in the middle of the night, I didn't, you know, I didn't sleep great. I got, I probably got four, four and a half hours, which is, is something. Uh, but you know, it's, it's the adrenaline. You get up and you, you go and you, you do it right. And, uh, you got to get there early. You can't, this isn't something, I mean, you can go late. Um, there is hunting later in the day, but really it's, uh, an early man's sport, uh, because you want to get there when the birds are all, you know, unexpected. And, uh, and that's first thing in, in the morning when they're moving a lot. Uh, uh, and so we get out to, uh, the reserve, we, um, we think we got our lottery, so we have to, um, I mean, you have an order that you go in. Um, we, we got in, we, we got a good, uh, we got a good spot. We, um, we're, we're kind of wading through, um, all the, this water that's up to, you know, pretty much our waist, um, and get, you know, I don't know, let's see, a a quarter of a mile, maybe a third of a mile, uh, that we're going through this water. And, uh, so it's a ten, like a 10 minute wade through, uh, till we get to some, uh, like truly reed patches where we're, we're pretty well hidden and we can put out some decoys, uh, uh, some, uh, fake ducks, you know, a, du- a duck spread around, um, and make the ducks think that, that we're there. Um, we put them on a, a jerk cord so we can kind of pull them, you know, uh, since there's not a lot of wind right then, um, and make the ducks think that ducks are moving a little bit. Right. And then, uh, um, and then you, you wait for a little bit, you get all set up and you, you wait for, um, you're allowed to shoot 30 minutes before, uh, sunrise and, uh, and then, then you go. And so, uh, you know, 30 minutes before sunrise happens and, you know, pretty much as soon as, uh, that time hit, um, you know, Joe took a shot and then his friend, um, John took a shot at some birds that were flying over and, and, uh, and shot one. And, um, and so bird went down. Right. And then it was kind of like that, 
you know, for the next uh, couple hours. I mean, there was there were more, um, and um, all in all, um, eight ducks were were killed by our group, and Joe had hit like I think four of them. I want to say um, maybe five. I think he hit four, um, and the uh, the total was. Um, two gadwall, uh, two widgeon, two spoonies, and two pintails, uh, which are really pretty ducks. Okay, so so you know I'm like I don't know anything about this stuff. Yeah. When somebody says, "Oh, I'm going duck hunting," I'm thinking of you know mallards or something. There were you know there are mallards out there, and mallards are the most popular kind of duck, the most prevalent in uh, uh, in in our area, and really I mean they're they're pretty uh, delicious as well. Um, but they did not get any, uh, mallards. Um, they got, they got different types and yeah. And Joe's friend had a hunting dog as well. So, um, his, his dog, you know, as, when he hears the gunshots, will will hop out of his little, you know, carrier, which is elevated off of the, uh, out of the water and, um, and then kind of look for, you know, look for the duck, go and chase it and kind of, and, you know, help bring it back. And he, he's not perfect. He needed some help. Uh, a little bit, kind of going in, in the right direction, but he can get that duck and and then uh, bring it back to, uh, to us as well. So yeah, that's awesome. You know, I um, and I was wondering about that too because I mean, you guys have been out before, mm-hmm. um, but you know, this was uh, this time you went out. It was without, you know, the uh, kayaks. Yeah, we didn't do kayaks. With, yeah, with the dog. So even though you were in water, you're waiting yeah. in kind of like a swampy marsh area, right? It wasn't as marshy as like the marsh that we've been going out, which is really thick. This is more, mm-hmm. this is more just water, I would say. I mean, it's, it's more like water. Like a lake? Yeah, but not lake. Like It's not deep. I mean, uh, at its deepest, I mean, it's probably two and two and a half feet. Or so. Is this water so. connected to like the Sacramento River or something, or is it just like rainwater or it's any idea? Uh, it's I don't know where it's. I think it's its own body of water. So it's it's probably. Mm. I mean, it's a mix between a marsh and a lake or something like that. And I, I'm probably talking out of my ass a little bit because I don't. I I you know I don't exactly know where it's connected to, um, where it comes from. Um, but anyway, good time. So uh, I think you had also said there was a limit, right? It's not yeah. like you can go shoot all the ducks. You've, yeah. you've got uh, the regulations and stuff. And oh, um, yeah. You have to know what you're shooting. You have to be able to ID the bird that you're shooting. There's birds that you don't want to uh, shoot. Or, uh, and um, and also there's a certain amount of uh, each type of you know bird that you can get. You can only – each shooter can only leave with seven also. You can only shoot seven birds total but there's also you know maxes on each uh, on different types depending upon um you know certain variables that sort of thing so um that wasn't an issue for yeah for, yeah for us but it, it sounded like they got a lot of ducks that wasn't yeah. really the hard part where there was there ever, ever a time where it was hard to retrieve you know any of the oh, ducks oh yeah yeah so they went um you know there were there was one that they chased down like a couple hundred yards uh, which was uh, pretty challenging, and they, I mean, it looked like they were going to get a couple from from that, but they uh, they only got one, and and they had some trouble finding it in a bunch of tule reeds. But the um, the hunting dog actually really helped and uh, and was able to find it and uh, and give it to them. So um, that's sweet. So is this is this like a did the did the owner of the dog, you know, specifically get a dog for hunting and train the dog for hunting, or is this just their pet who happens to 
you know, be a retriever. I'm pretty sure you got it for, for hunting, yeah. For hunting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then trained it and everything along those lines. Yeah. So, well, cool. So, so it was a lot of fun, yeah. I mean, it, it, by the end, you're exhausted. I mean, you're you're really exhausted. And I tried to take a nap when I got home. Didn't happen. I was just overtired, so I didn't get to sleep until, uh, I don't know, 9.30 or something like that. Um, and really long day, but so fun and rewarding and enriching. And, you know, and I learned a lot as well. Um, out on the expedition and I do you know again owe you apology because you mentioned a former Friendsgiving dinner which um, you had invited me to so I want to thank you for that invitation and uh, having yeah, to fall, fall yeah, out yeah. you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> some people have to try to take naps instead of come but, over for turkey right right well <laughs> I, I you wouldn't have wanted me on the road it wouldn't have been pretty I wouldn't have made it like it was just I was so exhausted hey I wouldn't have gotten up, you know, like I said before, at one thirty or one fifteen for anything yeah. unless my house was about to burn down. Yeah. Well, the, so and the, uh, and kudos the, to you for for making it to that whole experience. Yeah, well, thank you. And the, and these reservations, you know, like they, um, you get them like two weeks ahead of time. Also, so this has been, on, you know, had been on the books for a couple of weeks, um, but someone. There's a limit to how many people can be on a reservation, and so I was originally in, and then. Um, Joe, Joe found out that you could only have four and, uh, and that, uh, you know, a non-shooter, you know, would count in that four. So, um, so I was moved out and then someone else ended up not being able to make it, um, uh, who was originally in it as well. So I was able to go last minute. So that's my hunting story. Very exciting. All right. Podcast. So are there going to be hunting stories? forward or is hunting season over? oh it's not it, it's not over we got another one uh, <laughs> lined up for saturday uh, <laughs> with the kayaks um it's a it's a group of five of us and uh, and it's on the napa sonoma marsh where joe and i have gone you know several times before scouting uh, really so this is going to be we're actually going to do it real hunt style where we're kayak out 45 minute kayak at four in the morning and um, out to a spot that we've already scouted before and, um, set out the decoys and hope, I mean, we don't know what to expect really. And if there's other hunters there, we, you know, we m might be in trouble because I mean, this spot's already taken and we, uh, don't have a backup plan really. So we're going to see what happens with that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we have one, um, planned for this next weekend. Um, so yeah, they'll, they'll keep coming as long as Sweet. You know, I'm invited. So. Is yeah. the dog coming? Uh, I, you know, I, that's a good question. I don't think so because of the kayaks, so probably not. Two, two things. Yeah. Bring the dog. Uh-huh. Two, get ready for round two of Joe's full submersion experience and get that on video. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, and uh, did you watch the video, by the way? Uh, yes, I did. I did. Okay, good. What do you think? Uh, it was pretty awesome. You know, I think um, mm, it seemed like, I mean, there were a lot of foul. I mean, it seemed like, um, you know, like, what do I say? I, uh, it was like, you know, I was watching the video thinking, why did you guys ever, why didn't you guys do this before? Like, yeah. when, <laughs> when you guys were out you know, doing your kayaks in the marsh. Uh -huh. Where they're, you know, where the ducks are really hard to, to find. I'm thinking, 
Yeah, that's exciting. But if you really want ducks, why didn't you go to Sacramento in the first place? They're like everywhere. It's 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 hard to get a draw sometimes. So it's a lottery, right? You don't. Not everyone can go. I mean, you can be. Uh, I mean, you can uh, like so. There's an order to uh, how you can get in. You want to get a a good draw for uh, for the location. Right. Um, but if you don't get, uh, you know, if you don't get drawn, uh, your name doesn't get drawn, then you don't then you would be very last to, to go. And everybody else will have already gotten in first and gotten the good spots. Uh, there's only so many really good spots to uh, to hunt from. So you kind of got to own, you know, own your domain a little bit when you when you right. get out there. And if you're at the end of the, the line you might as well not have gone because you're not going to, uh, not going to get anything really. So, um, uh, so that, so that's kind of why is, I mean, you want to get a good reservation. You don't want to get up at one in the morning and then get out there and not be able to get anything. So, yeah, that would suck. So, so that's the answer to <laughs> that's your question. Like, yeah. the, the, I, I was kind of making the analogy of, yeah, you know, let's go fishing. We have a choice. We can either yeah. go to this river and fish in the river, or we can go to a fish farm where there are, a thousand fish in this little hot in this little tub but, you know <laughs> yeah but there's no sport to that right either so right. yeah yeah so exactly. the, the marsh we uh, we can go out i mean there's certain days you can go out but um but we have a lot more leniency i mean we, there's no limit to people or anything like that you can just go out you know on the days that you're allowed to hunt out there so so we're gonna have more, more freedom there but there might not yeah. be any ducks we will see so more to come yeah, more to come. That's part of the excitement, right? It sure you have is. No idea what's looking. What you're, uh, you have no idea what's what's coming. Yep, but I do know what's coming up on the podcast right now, and that is Magic Giant. So that was a fantastic segue. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, kudos, kudos to that. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to talk about Magic Giant here, and uh, and again, they were on the podcast a few months ago when they played in Napa at Silos. Um, I interviewed them and. They had a, an amazing performance. Um, I mean, really, really a solid performance that was memorable. And uh, and I'll be honest, you know me. Like sometimes I don't stay for the whole concert or anything like that. But I I stayed for for their performance uh, when they were here, and then was really excited to get to see them again at live in the vineyard um, night two, uh, and uh, and talk to them uh, again afterwards. So we're going to. Listen to the conversation. Uh, I caught them, you know, as they were getting to the San Francisco airport um, and uh, about to get on a flight for Florida uh, to play some shows uh, out on the East Coast. So, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna hop into that. Uh, before we do, uh, we're gonna play a song by Magic Giant, and this is the uh, their first single off their album In the Wind. This is a song called Set on Fire. Here it is. We say it doesn't matter who's to blame. We rise together, we fall together. That's what this song's about. Sweet as rain leaves a stain. Struggle of the heart, you can't tear apart the blame. Now I know that hello is a show for a sweet goodbye. No tears to cry. Oh, which one of us said I'm 
ago when you guys played silos and um and yeah nice to nice to chat with you again and uh and yeah i was at the, on the uh, outdoor patio exactly yeah in in the wind so to speak right so, in the wind. it was a windy windy afternoon so <laughs> yeah and uh, and i was at live in the vineyard too and so i wanted to take a couple minutes and talk to you about uh, live in the vineyard and um and kind of the past couple months you guys have had that sort of thing so um, so, uh, oh, but, cool. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, we got Dan Bricky in the in the back as well. So, hey, man, we're on speaker. We're doing a little uh, <laughs> we're doing a little try. So I may chime in, but want to say hello. Hey, sounds good. How's it going, Zambricky? Fantastico. Excellent. I'm loving it, man. 
Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so um, so let's talk about Live in the Vineyard first. Um, that was your second time in uh, in Napa, um, and even in like the past four months or so. Uh, tell me about yeah. your your, vi- uh, your your most recent visit to Napa. How'd it go for you guys? Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, Nap, it was we weren't quite sure what to expect in terms of the uh, the landscape with the fires. I'm, it's, I mean, one side of it is completely black um, on the mountain. One side is is totally, you know, good old Napa. And but at the event raised, I think, fifty thousand um, dollars for for the fire for a fire relief fund. Um, which was really nice. It was the first time they'd done they'd done, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and just the, so we played this like thirty minute acoustic set, which is um, for like I don't know what five hundred thousand people, something like that. And it was, yeah, it was really really fun. I mean, it, it got very energetic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we also, oh, go ahead. We also played in the afternoon um, at. Uh, I think it was called Inglebrook. Okay. It was called Inglebrook. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Ingle. Yeah. Ingle. 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 Yeah. It's Franklin Coppola's uh, winery. So we got the opportunity to go out to go out of the downtown Napa, and that's how we were. That's how we kind of saw some of the stuff that the areas we've gone through. Yeah. Driving out to was actually Francis Ford Coppola's. And then yeah, you, you know, so we did with. You know, we partnered with One Tree Planet um, for the album. So for, for every tree we sell at a show, every CD, every, every CD we sell at a show, um, we're also planting a tree. And for the next batch of trees, we're going um, to have them planted in Northern California for the fires. So... Oh, that's that's really awesome. I'll tell you, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough couple of months here in in, in Napa. I mean, I uh, I myself was displaced from my house for a week and a half. Uh, I was oh, I was pretty sure. Yeah, I was pretty sure. It yeah, burned, and we, burned down. Like, but it, we were we were actually on tour uh, in other parts of the country uh, during the fires, and we had someone reach out to us and just say, you know, my daughter, and they said, you know, my daughter is is really going through like a hard time with this. Would you send her a video? So we did. We made her like a we made her like a love like a little love little love selfie video and sent it to her. And then uh, they actually came to our show in Santa Cruz a couple of nights ago, and it was so good to see them. And they're just you know they're still kind of in the they're they're still in the thick of it. You know, like they don't have their house back yet, but they're so positive and they're so like this kind of you know forward driven. I feel like a lot of people in Napa have that attitude about what happened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's crazy because you never think it's going to happen to you, and in the blink of an eye, it does, and you have to cope with it, and you you find ways to support it, each other, and uh, I mean, it's just it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, my my neighbor called me and was like, "You have to get out. Like, there's a fire," and uh, and so I you know got the pets in the car, you know, saved my work computers, and that's it. Not even didn't even think about any clothes or anything, and just saw it like burning pretty close to my house, and. Um, and so I, I just expected it to be gone, but, uh, uh, luck, luckily it wasn't. I mean, I found out a couple of days later, um, you know, that it was still standing somehow because yeah, it was, t- it was pretty burned pretty close, you know, not too far away. Oh my God. Well, well, we're really happy that you, that you were so lucky. Yeah. 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 So, um, so. T- and what a nice neighbor. 
Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> didn't just leave himself and uh, and be like, sorry, peace, guys. You know, <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, yeah. made the call. Yeah, there was. Uh... And then and then Austin had some family in Napanee, so we were kind yeah. of talk- we, he was talking with them like when it was all going down. So it definitely was hitting home for us. Yeah, Austin, really cool you're, to, you're great on, right? Yeah, my great aunt, exactly. Yeah, they so, did, yeah, they, they did okay. Vineyard, they, they had to evacuate there in Calistoga, but their vineyard was fine. Oh, good. Their house was fine, but. Everyone knows someone whose house wasn't up there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so, uh, t- tell me about uh, live in the vineyard. Um, obviously, uh, you played that uh, that set. I mean, honestly, I think it was. Um, I mean, I think it was the most engaging set out of uh, any of the artists both nights. Don't tell the other artists, but <laughs> but. Uh, oh, wait, you thought? Yeah, it was there. Okay. I was there. Yeah. Uh, I, I was in the front row, uh, um, you know, ro- uh, rocking out to you guys. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, it, I mean, it was an incredible set that you guys uh, did. Even and so, tell me, kind of, from your guys' perspective. I mean, when you played Silos, that's a ma- Magic Giant show, right? Um, and but when you do something like Live in the Vineyard, where there's all these other artists that are coming in, also, you're you're going into this kind of different environment where. I mean, realistically, some of the people may not know you, you know, who you guys are, but and you have to kind of go take a blank slate and wow them. Tell me, tell me how that is, how you guys approach that. Well, I think we tr- we treat every every show as kind of its own like little movie or a little story. So when we get somewhere like like the like the theater in Napa, they're like, okay, we want we want to connect, you know. So we get in the room and we just look around and say like what can we do that that's going to connect with the people who are here? And then that's the songs we play. And then that's kind of how we dictate the vibe. Yeah. And this, I mean, we didn't expect everyone to be so gung ho, like energized up on their feet from the first, from the first note or whatever. Yeah. Um, whenever, whenever, you see, whenever you see seats, like, yeah. okay, you see seats, you know? and then you, you know, it says acoustic, so it's like, it just wasn't, yeah, but, but yeah, so I, I felt like they were bringing it, um, they were, they were ready to go. That, I mean, that re- was like, you didn't feel like an acoustic set for some reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. It really, that really only happened for your guys' set to be, I mean, honest, a lot, there's a lot of sitting down, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a the thing I like about live in the vineyard um, is the, I mean, kind of what you guys br- uh, brought to it, right? It's this acoustic feel. The music stripped uh, uh, down a little bit. Uh, it's the uh, but these bands come in uh, f- from all over and uh, and kind of give these unique performances that you w- might not get to see otherwise. And so, getting to see you guys do that sort of thing and still, you know, uh, go out into the crowd for great divide, uh, and, uh, and stand on the seats and everything. I mean, y- y- uh, you met, you got that crowd on their feet. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We also, we, we, we got to catch, uh, the revivalist set and they were just like that 10 minute jam on, uh, wish I knew you. It was pretty cool. Oh yeah. And you've, you've toured with them before, right? Yeah, we, we have. We've done we've done like a handful of shows in the West Coast. We did the Fillmore with them. We did the yeah, we did the Fillmore and the Belly Up. The Fillmore in San Francisco, which was kind of, which was one of our you know one of one of our kind of places we wanted to play. And we also played in San Diego with them. Yeah, but those guys are great. We love them. Yeah. So did you, uh, did you get to uh, hang out with them at all, or uh, you know? Do, uh, yeah, any, we any, did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We got to hang with them there. It was cool. And then you know we hope to see them. We get to see them out at out of festivals. Out yeah, exactly. festivals there get stuff. It's always good when you're you're in the whirlwind of touring, and then you see uh, you see somebody 
somebody who's going to make you loud and you respect them that you yeah, for sure. And and so kind of tying into the live in the vineyard thing, you you guys also did a, a live at 35 uh, performance on a Southwest flight. Tell me about that and how that came about. Yeah, yeah it was interesting. It was, you know, when you, when, you, when you go out to a flight, people kind of have this, everyone goes into flight mode, you know, like they're like, they do the security. They turn on they, airplane mode. Yeah, they turn on airplane mode. They go into flight mode. It's kind of like flying can sometimes be a serious uh, serious event, you know, for good reason. And, you know, what Southwest is doing by kind of like taking a spin on it and making it kind of like a fun thing, it was really cool. Like we were on the flight and nobody knew that we were going to play. So people had like, you know, uh, had their game faces onto this flight. And then all of a sudden when they see instruments, you know, like brings a smile to so many people's faces and they're kind of like, wait, what's going on here? From our, and from our perspective, it was really cool because we were supposed to, we were supposed to be doing it, you know, like we were, it was like, it was a planned thing. We were like, we were kind of felt like we were, um, yeah, we weren't going rogue. Yeah, it wasn't rogue, but it felt yeah. rogue. <laughs> so it felt like a, it felt like a pop up show, like, like a ninja show that we just did. But it was, uh, you know, we had the teacher's permission. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, so it was really good to rock out. And then by that, you know, and then they were all singing. You know, we grabbing the intercom and like singing through it, and you know, everyone's singing along. And it's like such a switch from the kind of. Uh, the serious tone of going on a flight to afterwards, and it's like it's kind of like a party on a plane. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, not one person was watching a movie during our show. Really? Yeah, good. Did you get them on their feet too, and dancing, or did they have to keep their seatbelts fastened and in their, their trade tables in the upright position? Uh, you know, it, I think it was coincidentally turbulent during the time. No, I'm just kidding. No, there was, no, I, no, it was after they they get you high enough so you can you can unbuckle and, and unwind, and then the music starts. Uh, Oh, that sounds really cool. But that would have been a pretty funny thing if there was turbulence and we had to like they asked us to stay on our seats. Right. Yeah, we <laughs> but no, yeah, they were they were they were up on their feet. All, the whole gamut of uh, of emotions on the plane. Yeah, and then tightened emotions. And, and then you know when you when you fly with instruments, somebody on a flight that was like free bird or like find me something. Right. It's really nice to be able to do it. You know, like. Like people always ask for it when they see the uh, they see the instrument cases. Oh, you played like, free you like, played Freebird. We did not do Freebird. Oh, okay, but that's the type of thing there that someone who's like you know says to you. But I always want to do the play. Play me a song. Play boy. me a song, boy. You know. Yeah. It's like all right, yeah, maybe I will this time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, since we talked last, also you guys went to uh, and toured uh, in Europe, right? Tell me about how that went. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, I you. We did. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was our first time out there. Um, the record, you know, In the Wind uh, is out in Germany. It actually it actually came out, like, right around when we went out there. So it was, it was really cool to bring the bring the music to a new place. You got to tour through. So we played in, in Germany. We played in Hamburg. We played in Cologne. We played in Berlin. You know, we got to play a show in Paris and and post up there for a couple of days, you know, playing through the streets, you know, we were shooting videos, walking around the streets. It was just really, it was really fun to play in London. Yeah. I think we're going to be going back, uh, yeah, and do, and do some, some European festivals and get to play a couple other, you know, other cities. Europe's a whole, it's like a whole new world, you know, it's a whole new, uh, it's a whole new experience. It's like there's, things are done a little differently over there and it's just amazing to get pretty music to yeah. Did, uh, did you do? A, I mean, you said you had some extra days, kind of in Paris. Did you do a lot of the touristy stuff, or did you kind of keep it low key? 
Paris was our city where we got to do stuff. We went to the Eiffel Tower, sure. And we got like a we got like a house a house in this beautiful little square. Yeah. We got to feel like we lived there for a couple of days, like uh, Yeah, we probably walked ten miles a day or something. Yeah. Just everywhere. And then we played uh, we played three shows in London, which was really right. cool. Wow. Um and, and that was great and you know, yeah, we just love it over there. So we're really hoping to get get back there. Fell so in love quickly. Yeah, yeah, we also we also really want to go to Japan. For, uh, for your Japanese, <laughs> yeah. For your Japanese listeners or readers, uh, the record came out there uh, a few months ago as well. We've never played a show there, so oh, that's, that's on the list. Uh, uh, do you have plans to go, or you just you're you're really hopeful that you'll be able to get there? You know, not not, not direct, not concrete. Yeah, yeah, but we have, you know, we have. Yeah, and you and you did the Rise Lantern Festival again. Oh yeah. yeah, another beautiful one. Yeah, yeah. Was that just as? Uh, that a, was, oh, go was ahead. That, I was gonna say, was that just as amazing the second time you guys played it, or? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was really beautiful. You know, it was. Um, it was. It was. Kind of, it was a heavy. It was kind of a heavy week to to be there because it was the week of the shooting. Um, but it also because Rise is such had this spiritual element and emotional element and, and a family element. It was, I think it was really healing for the people who came who were from that area. And for us, it was, you know, we, you know, we did our show and then we also like, you know, played some songs, you know, dedicated to what had happened there. So it was, it was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so tell me about um, the win- uh, your new video window. Like, uh, how did that co- uh, come about? It's a real fun, playful kind of uh, video that uh, ends out in an all-out jam. So, t- tell me about how that uh, that video came about. Yeah. The, so the concept is loosely inspired by the story of Rapunzel in her window, and you know, this this girl is basically she got enough. it can be whatever, but. You know, she's not having a great day, and we're we're there to to try to cheer her up and save the day. Um, you know, keyword try. Yeah. Obviously, there's many obstacles um, that uh, that we have to go through, and persevere to try to get to her. But you know that. Yeah, that's. You can take it metaphorically, or you can like that however you want. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, you guys are headed to Florida now. Are you going to be in Florida for a couple weeks? I saw you had a, a show and then like a two weeks later and, uh, another show there. You're going to be hanging out there for a little bit? Um, no, we're going to, no, we're coming, we're dispersing from there and meeting back in Florida. But then we are, we are actually going to be between the festivals, right. two and seven, I think we're going to... Then we we'll go, we'll go back to Tampa, and then we. I think we're gonna stay somewhere in Florida. Maybe. So yeah, next year we'll be wandering Florida a little bit. Yeah. We're excited to talk. December second to seventh. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have a whole big tour planned for early next year already. So you guys aren't slowing down at all, right? You just keep going. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They, yeah. So the, the, that tour actually goes on sale today. It's on sale as of now. Awesome. Um, so yeah, very very exciting. Um, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing we're we're stoked on right now. Yeah, yeah, that should be really good. You're going to be uh, touring with the Brevet. Um, and are you playing any new places that you haven't played before, or are these kind of yeah, places you're really, yeah? Um, we're going to be playing Tampa, Miami, Orlando, Miami, Orlando, Miami, Orlando, Miami, Orlando, Miami, Orlando, Miami, Orlando, Miami,
Spokane. Never, oh, no, yeah, well, we'll say, never headline. You mean headline or just in general? Just in, in general, seeing if you're hitting any new spots. Got it. Um, we've never, yeah, let me, let me think. We've never played Madison, Wisconsin. Never played Minneapolis. <clears throat> we've never played Dallas. And we've never played Tarborough. So some, so some new. Uh, I think those are the only four we've never played, actually. It will be the it will be the first time we're coming there. Some of these shows where yeah, a lot of like we we totally. did them on a on an opening tour, so we were kind of you know right. We can only give to the area of tape, so we get to come back and do our full show and get the whole uh, get the whole fam together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I wanted to th- uh, thank you guys for uh, for taking the time today. Have a a safe flight up in the uh, sky and uh, with uh, all of your travels. And um, and just on a you know a personal note as well, you know I do this. I get to t- you know I get to talk to a lot of really cool bands. But you, I mean I feel like your band is one that I've really kind of latched on to since getting to see your your amazing live performance and uh, and I'm really loving I mean love the album love uh, love the feel you guys have so come on back to the the Bay Area soon okay yeah we will Um, thanks so much man that was the interview with Magic Giant here on Concert Pipeline and I just remember there was a the end of the the hunting story that I wanted to include, so I'm just gonna go back to hunting for a second here, because <laughs> it's on my brain, right? Uh, and that is that uh, Joe was awesome enough to give me one of the three ducks that he walked home with, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and I prepped the whole thing myself, you know, because I, I asked him, you know, I t- like I said, I want to I want to learn about from this whole thing, right? And so I wanted to you know uh, learn to uh, clean the duck myself. Um, I mean, uh, I didn't expect him to give me the duck, but um, but I wanted to cl- you know clean one of them, and so he did give me one. And he gave me one of the gadwalls, and uh, I mean the, the actually his only gadwall, and uh, and his first ever shot gadwall, and I cleaned it and uh, and debreasted it, took the breasts out, and got uh, I I fucked up one of the I mean one of the legs at first I, I did it watching a YouTube video um and then you know over and over and over again like making sure as you know kind of doing uh, doing it right as I went and uh and so and I got one of the legs out and uh, but I mean I I just messed messed it up completely but then I got the other leg off right and um and so I tonight I cooked uh cooked that bird and you know, I just—I mean, I'm really easily on in a in a pan, uh, salt and peppered the bur- uh, the um, the duck, and uh, and cooked it in butter. You know, three minutes on each side, real real quick. Uh, it ha- supposed to be done at medium rare. Uh, took it out, and that thing was delicious. It was, it was freaking That's delicious. amazing. And, and I, I gave a little to the kids also. I mean, I gave some to Fern and put it in a taco for her. Like she, she was not at the, um, you know, the drumstick that, uh, that, uh, I mean, it's small, but, um, mm. she was gnawing at that and she did a little video thanking, uh, Joe for, uh, for dinner <laughs> and, um, and it's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. So that was so awesome. I totally, uh, admire you for that. Yeah, so uh, I, I like teaching. I mean, I didn't really as much with Atticus uh, teach him as much about it because I, I mean, he probably wouldn't have eat it, eaten it if he'd known. But um, but with Fern, you know, kind of explaining the whole process, where it came from, from the beginning, how all the work that went into mm-hmm. it, from on Joe's and my part to 
you know, provide a meal really is that's completely different than going to the store and getting some packaged meat or anything like that. This is as fresh as can be. Right. Um, right. So it was a, so a question for you. So yeah. I had a roommate in college who, uh, was also into hunting, yeah. um, quail. Uh, I don't know what else he hunted, but if it was like quail season or something, he went out and got some quail and came back and yeah. he loved more than anything to cook. Um, that was one of his passions in life. So he cooked us quail and it was delicious. I yeah. mean, it was really good, but the birds are tiny. And, you know, with every other bite, you're picking yeah. out like buckshot. I was going to say, that's a tiny bird. So, you'd, yeah, yeah, that's going to be. Yeah. So was it the same thing with duck? You're always like pulling out little no. bullets or. No, no bullets unless I missed missed that one. Uh, no, I didn't pull any, <laughs> pull anything out, but. Um, so what kind of shell, I mean, what kind of shells are shooting these birds down? Is it just like, it's not just a bunch of buckshot or whatever? Or? No. So yeah, it's a, it's a shotgun shell. So I, um, I know there's different sizes of them. There's like two and three quarters and three inch shells, three and a half inch, I think are the one typical ones that they, that they use. Um, I can't claim to be an expert on, uh, on that, you know, any of that yet, but I'm, you know, again, I'm learning. I'm working, but, uh, working up to it. So. Essentially, you're not you're not pulling metal yeah. out of your mouth. I did not pull any metal out of my right? mouth. I don't <laughs> think any of my kids ate any metal tonight, so I, th- I think we're okay. And and, and actually, where where the bird was shot um, was not in the you know breast area where I was um, where I was saving the meat anyway. I was like in the in the neck up there, so um, I didn't have to worry about any of that. At least with my bird. That's good. So. Yeah, that, that's that, that's impressive. I mean, I am so squeamish. Um, yeah. Let me just talk real briefly about my, you know, my Thanksgiving thing. Uh-huh. Uh, so when I when I am talking about like making Thanksgiving dinner for people, that doesn't mean I'm going out and buying like a a a, a dead frozen turkey, right? Okay. It means I'm going to like. Whole Foods, uh-huh. and I'm getting I'm getting a pre cooked turkey. Uh-huh. That all you do is like heat up in the oven for an hour and a half. <laughs> I did the whole raw turkey thing once. Yeah, it didn't was, work uh, out well. Huh? It was just way too real for me. I uh, know, like, oh, I can't believe I'm yeah. doing it. This is disgusting. And that's a good and way. I shouldn't, of... I, I shouldn't be grossed out. I mean, it's yeah. like this is how people should be doing it. But yeah. And, and that's a good point is like, you know, I didn't know how I'd be kind of really handling the bird, you know, this, this dead duck that is, I mean, again, real is a good way to put it because it was real. And you kind of build this respect for this, this, uh, this animal that kind of gave its life to you as opposed to seeing it in, you know, ground turkey, you know, form or anything like, right. in, I mean, uh, it's much more real. Ex- yeah. You're it, so much more connected. Exactly. And you're getting blood on your hands and everything like that. And I didn't know you know, how I, how I do with that, but I did okay. And I really just wanted to respect the, the bird and the work that had gone into, you know, this, this animal giving its life to feed us really. Right. I wanted to make, get the most out of the meat and uh, really enjoy it. And, and I, and I think I did. So, um, yeah, let's continue on. Uh, since magic giant is on the podcast, um, I want to, you know, I want to do another song by magic giant, their performance at live in the vineyard. I, and I, you you heard me tell them this in the interview that just happened, but they stole both nights of the show. And that's not just saying that because they're on the podcast, really, they got people up on their feet and, uh, and moving. And, and a lot of these people probably didn't know who they were at first because they're seeing a bunch of different artists. They're flown in 
and they're uh, they'd been drinking all day at at the wineries and everything, and <laughs> and uh, but they they got people moving in a really energetic, engaged performance, and and this next song that we're gonna play is a song that. Um, that they went out into the crowd into the middle of the uh, the Uptown Theater in Napa and um, and performed um, you know just out in the middle of the the crowd and uh, and I'm going to try and put that video up on Concert Pipeline's Facebook page as well uh, and so this is a, a song called Great Divide here it is. Reaching out into the mystic Left behind the road we've run Found each other in the winter Lost each other in the sun
right. So that was Great Divide by uh, by Magic Giant. And we're going to continue on with a couple more bands who uh, opened the show uh, at Live in the Vineyard Night 2. Uh, and, uh, and so these artists... Um, we're going to just play these songs to, uh, together back to back because we've uh, we got talking about hunting a lot and we got we to keep things moving, you know. We want people to stay engaged and interested. So we're going to have a, a little music block here uh, with a song by Keelan Donovan called Love of Mine. And then uh, Flagship, they did a radio head cover, which is, which is pretty uh, interesting. And these bands, I think, were last-minute replacements for another artist that uh, wasn't able to make it for some reason or another. Uh, I think Flagship is either from San Francisco or they were performing in San Francisco like the night before, and the, so they were able to get them pretty easily. Uh, and they were, um, you know, pretty pretty cool live, uh, live band. I mean, they were... Uh, I, I, Try and like kind of liken them to the killers in a way, but I don't want to give them that much credit, really. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, either way, yeah. similar music style. I I I, I kind of got a little feel of like Brandon Flowers, the lead singer of the Killers, from uh, the lead singer of Flagship. So you can make your own judgment, but they did a cool cover of a Radiohead song that uh, that you're gonna hear just after you hear uh, Keelan Donovan. So let's check that out now. Love mine, be patient with me. I swear to God, I never want to leave. If distance makes you stronger, well, that's strength that I don't need. This love of mine, be patient with me. Calling me home and I hear Pulling me close and I need you to be patient with me Now I'm coming home Calling me home and I keep pulling me close and I need you to be patient with me. 
best love of mine vacation with me. It wears me out. 
flagship here on Concert Pipeline from Live in the Vineyard. Uh, we're going to come at you with another band. Uh, this is a band called Ocean Park Standoff, and um, they're a pop band, um, and they're, they've been, uh, I guess their debut EP came out earlier this year in March on Hollywood Records, uh, and I think the unique thing about them, which I didn't realize at first until after, and um, and someone told me was uh, that Samantha Ronson uh, is in the band. Or, um, I don't know if you're familiar with who she is. Are you? Okay. Mm, I would like to say it rings a bell, but it sadly does not. So she's a, a DJ, singer, songwriter, um, but she is... Uh, I think the sister of Mark Ronson, um, who uh, is a pretty famous musician. And also, um, I'm looking this looking this up uh, just so I can have the, the actual reference. But uh, she was in the movie Mean Girls with Lindsay Lohan. Um, and, uh, and I guess in 2007, um, I think that she dated Lindsay Lohan. Um, they, mm. they were pretty uh, affectionate together. Ooh, really? Okay, this is an exciting story. Yeah, so the, the Times and uh, the, uh, the Los Angeles Times published opinion pieces describing their relationship as romantic. Uh, Lohan refrained from commenting on the nature of their relationship, stating through her publicist that she wants to keep her private life private. And Ronson mm. stated in a July 2010 interview with the Times that she loves Lohan as a human being, but the paparazzi attention grew to be too much. Um, I bet they were all over that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of... She's done a lot of other... Um, uh, music stuff. She's been in music videos uh, for Usher, Alicia Keys, uh, NERD, um, you know, lots of lots of other stuff. So she's pretty connected in the business, and um, and she's in Ocean Park Standoff, which uh, we're going to play uh, a song from them right now. And this is a, this is a song called Something to Believe in. Here it is. Instead of 
things that don't matter Shiny and gold The dollar is never by me any sense I know Concert Pipeline from Live in the Vineyard Night 2 uh, is the Revivalists. And the Revivalists have been around for uh, a decade. Uh, they formed in New Orleans um, and uh, began when Zach Feinberg met frontman David Shaw. Uh, and this performance was, I'll tell you, really cool. And, uh, and I go back to one of the really fun things about Live in the Vineyard is the uniqueness of the performances that, that artists give, because you're not just going to see a normal concert at Live in the Vineyard. It's, uh, for the most part, you know, acoustic. And so there's no, you know, there are no drums or bass or anything. They're just uh, two musicians um, up on stage doing an acoustic set, which, uh, from what I understand, they don't do really very, you know, very often at all. But it, so it was really intimate. And, um, and, uh, you know, a powerful performance. Uh, I, we actually periscoped, um, uh, I think a couple songs of, uh, of the revivalist set that you can check out on, uh, at concert pipeline on periscope. I think it should still be there if you, you check it out soon. Um, and you, you should be able to access that, but, uh, really. How cool long does the periscope content last? That's a good question. I want to say 30 days. Maybe longer. I I don't know. I'm not a Periscope expert. Um, let me let me take a look here. Um, fill fill some air. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm filling air. In a way that only you, you can. <laughs> wow. You're full of hot air. That's what, that's for sure. Uh, full of hot air. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'll give everybody an update on my turkey uh, soup. So this turkey carcass soup I'm making is uh, turning out to be quite fantastic. Yeah. Uh, made the turkey broth out of the carcass of the turkey, you know, which is pretty diehard for me. Yeah. Um, delicious. Delicious. It's a little bit tr- tricky to get the spices just right, but other than that. That's, as long know. as you get the turkey in. that's the, the, And the turkey in. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a challenge make, too. <laughs> if you're going to make turkey carcass soup, is in the name of the recipe. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it. Forget the turkey. Yeah. Um, and the videos stay there, it looks like. So um, so you can check that video out. I mean, I see videos of uh, concert pipelines from like six months ago and, uh, and beyond. So um, it, it looks like. So um, nice. Yeah. So you can you can definitely check that out. Um, Revivalists. And so the song that you're um, we're going to play right now from their set uh, live in the vineyard was uh, is a song called Soul Fight. Here it is. Listen, anybody home in here? It's getting cold and I just don't care so I'm gonna find something else to do Oh, 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 
night, taking care of some fine. And you only read mine. I don't ask questions and I don't tell no lies. So please, in mind, taking care of so fine. You're
bands. We have one more band here uh, that we're going to play on uh, Concert Pipeline. Uh, and actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears here a little bit because I, I remember, you know, we, we like to play out with music, right? So we're going we're gonna to save that band for last. Uh, we are. We're going we're gonna to okay. save that band for, for last year. But, uh, but I'll talk about their performance. Um, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll get to the song a little bit later. Uh, so there, uh, this is a band called all American rejects. Are you familiar? I am. You are. What do you know about all American rejects? I'm putting you on the spot. Here. I know, I know, uh, they're fun. They're, uh, I love their music. Um, couldn't tell you, uh, what is going on with the band in terms of recent times, but I remember them. Uh, you know, being you know the thing not too long ago. Uh, so give us an update. All right. So all American rejects. Yeah, they've been um, uh, they've been away for a little bit, um, and their lead singer Tyson Ritter, I think is his name. Um, he um, he actually talked during the set a little bit about you know when he was deciding whether to bring kind of the rejects back. Uh, you know, in terms of this uh, this newest album, I think they're doing a new a new album. Um, you know, whether it was the right thing to do, or you know, if they still kind of had a, f- a future as the Rejects, that sort of thing. But yeah, they've they've been around for um, uh, for a while as well. I want to say, you know, probably at least that's two thousand three. Uh, uh, I'm pulling that up now and uh, to kind of get some of their. Uh, their backstory, but um, ah, ni- uh, ninety nine. So I was, I was kind of close. Uh, they they formed in ninety nine in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and um, Ty- yeah, Tyson Ritter is a lead singer, um, and so they they closed out the show for uh, live at the Vineyard and played uh, played some of their hits, which uh, uh, which were really cool. Uh, was really cool to see, kind of in that acoustic. Key, uh, kind of feel. Uh, I mean, it it was a fun performance. I, I it's been a while since I've seen them. I had interviewed uh, a couple of the guys from the All American Rejects years ago when we did this as a a TV show, and uh, and I've seen them a couple of times as well. And they're, I mean, they're. Uh, I, I'm trying to think figure out how to put it, but they're kind of a. I mean, some dirty guys. They kind of. Uh, they speak their mind on on stage a little bit. I remember Tyson. So Rick, like, there's like no filter. At, okay, well let me say this: 2005. Wait, no, it had to have been later. 2007, let's say. Uh, I saw the American Rejects in San Jose, and uh, I think a girl threw her panties up on stage, and he smelled them. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh huh. So. Yeah. Okay. That kind of concert will definitely stand out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was trying to, you know, dance around how I was, uh, you know, positioning them. Nothing like that happened to live at the Vineyard. You know, there were no panties uh, removed in the in the making of the like, performance. <laughs> how do women do that? I mean, do they do they plan that kind of thing? It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna throw my panties on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, or is it like, oh yeah, you know what? I don't I don't want to. You know, I like my panties; they're comfy. But I'm gonna uh-huh. bring a bag with a bunch of panties, and I'm just gonna like throw them on stage. You know, 
Or is it just completely spontaneous because they're drunk or what? I mean, how does that happen? I, I... Some of the both. And also, I mean, maybe maybe a mix. I, I don't know. And also, how do they get the panties off? Or they, I mean, do they visit the ladies' room first? Or is this, I mean, I know women can do that bra thing where you kind of get your bra off without right. taking your shirt like off. Right, like under the shirt. But with the yeah. panties, you can't really do that if you're it's, wearing, you know, jeans or yoga pants I mean, or I imagine there's some challenges involved, but <laughs> but it uh, ended, ended up on stage. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, oh, and and the kicker of that, I missed the punchline on that. He's he's uh, he smelled it and he said, "I remember you." <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. That's fucking funny. I know. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So it's Tyson Ritter for you, uh, and the All American Rejects, and so it was a fun performance. They played some some hits. We're gonna you know play out with one in a little bit, but before we do that, Jens, what's what's the next segment on the podcast? The last segment before we wind this sh- uh, show out. The last and final and most popular and famous seg- uh, segment of the show is, of course, music news. That's right, it's music news time, Jens. And uh, so we got a couple stories, not not a lot, but some stuff that we definitely wanted to hit uh, since it's been uh, it's been about a week since our last episode. I mean, but a couple weeks since we've recorded, and uh, and I mean, there's been some big stuff happening in the p- past couple of days that, that we really want to talk about. So uh, I got a story to start with here, Jens, and it's about Marilyn Manson. Well, it's not about Marilyn Manson. It's about a different Manson. Can, do, uh, do you have any idea which man? I know. Yes, yes. Let me. I'm just going to throw this out there. Yes. Okay. There are two Mansons that uh, uh, you know are out there and famous in their different ways. And I heard. I'm speaking of guess here, but I'm. I heard that there's some confusion about which one died. <laughs> is there confusion? Who's confused, I wonder? Huh? There is. I, I read an article earlier today, and a little, there's a lot of, you know, outcry that, uh, you know, Marilyn Manson has passed away. Really? Did you really see that? <laughs> no joke. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, no, I, I didn't hear that. Uh, you didn't hear that one. Okay, well, I'm ruining your story. I'm sorry. Uh, that's fine. No, that's that just adds to it because I, I did not know that piece of it. So, uh, no, it is uh, uh, Charles Manson has uh, passed away. So, um, following the news of Charles Manson's death, Marilyn posted a cover of Charles's song, Six City. Uh, and, of course, Charles Manson is the notorious cult leader whose followers committed murders and terrorized Los Angeles in the 1960s. He's died. He was 83. Um, and Marilyn Manson had taken his stage surname from the uh, late cult leader. He took his first name from Marilyn Monroe. Uh, and uh, in his autobiography, The Long Dark Road Out of Hell, uh, Manson wrote that his stage name embodies the balance between good and evil. So... Um, uh, I guess, uh, so Manson passed away on Sunday the 19th due to natural causes. He died in jail. Um, and I'm just curious, is, um, a, a dick up the ass a natural cause in jail, you know, in jail or is that? <laughs> yeah, I think 
if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about what's natural in in jail, then yeah, that's probably natural causes. Yeah. Uh, so, um, while serving nine lifetime nine life terms in California prisons for the cult related murders of seven people in Los Angeles in the summer of '69, um, and one of his victims included actor Sharon Tate, who was eight months pregnant at the time. Um, and Charles Manson was also an aspiring singer and songwriter, which is where you kind of hear that song, Sick City. So, uh, some fans are initially confused thinking it was the singer and not the cult leader who had passed. You're right. Um, so, uh, so Jens, I'd be remiss if we didn't listen to a piece of Marilyn Manson's cover of Sick City here. I mean, we have to. Do it. Sick City, yeah. People, sick city, burn their houses down. To make sky look pretty. What can I do? I'm just a person. This is life we always seem to hear. You just said things get worse. Watch TV and that's a good place to stop (laughs) yeah yeah marilyn manson you know what i'm glad you covered that um i'm not sure if everybody you know knows that um you know his whole persona is about good and evil um you know and, and 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 where he got his you know first and last name from essentially yeah but dude, that guy. There's something about that guy that just scares me. There, there have been a few occasions where I've been, you know, invited or you know asked to go to a Marilyn Ma- uh, Manson concert. And it's like, you know, I think I might have nightmares after I go to that show. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you go and tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw him live. A, yeah. Last year, or the year before, um, I think it was last year, and um, I don't know. It was it was fine. Yeah, he opened for um, uh, Billy Corgan and Smashing Pumpkins. He opened for Smashing Pumpkins, uh, and I mean, it, his performance was not great. Uh, I I wouldn't say it was scary in any way or anything like that. I mean, he's mm. yeah, it, it, he was probably kind of drunk. I I don't know. It wasn't a great performance. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, he does he still paint his face and, oh, and yeah. white or whatever? Yeah. yeah, I think that's part of it. It goes back to my childhood fear of mimes and clowns and stuff like that. You know, when people start painting their faces white, it just it freaks me out. Yeah. I mean, David David Bowie is an exception. He painted his face, but it was freaking awesome. Love that guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you have a story for us. I do. So, uh, uh, man, I know, I think it was in the last, one of the last episodes, um, we talked about how depressing it is that we spend so much time, you know, talking about artists that have passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to, you know, follow up and talk about an artist that's passed away. Okay. Another artist. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you, we will not end on a story of someone passing away. So thank you. Thank you. I'm glad this isn't our final story. So you've got one after this for us, right? I do. Yes. All right. Okay. So, um, let's talk about ACDC. So ACDC. Yeah. Singer Brian Johnson is paying tribute to his late bandmate, Malcolm Young. 
After the guitarist's passing uh, this past November 18 at the age of 64, mm, yeah. um, he had a lengthy battle uh, with dementia, uh, apparently. Hey, um, talking about 64, can you think of a, a song that... Uh, Back in the summer of 64? Uh, no, no, oh. no, no. Yeah, good guess, but no. <laughs> Sorry, I beat you to the punch. Uh, it's got like, I'm trying to remember what the song is about. When I get older, losing my hair. Many years from now, do, 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 do. Like, I'm a terrible singer. Yep. But uh, Beatles, yeah, when I was 64. Oh, okay. Fantastic song. I know, but, anyway. well, I know Beatles, you know, formed in 64 as well. Oh, I did not know that. See? Maybe that's where they got the 64 from. I don't know. Could be. Could anyway, be. Yeah. getting sidetracked here. A little bit, but continue. So, um, getting sidetracked. Yeah. So, poor Malcolm Young, um, battle with dementia. Um, For 32 years, we stood side by side, wrote uh, Johnson. I'm saddened by the passing of my friend, Malcolm Young. I can't believe he's gone. We had such great times on the road. I was always aware that he was a genius on guitar. His riffs have become legend, as has he. I send out my love and sympathy to his wife, Linda, his children, Kara and Ross. Might be pronounced Kara, sorry. We'll go and with Kara. Angus. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with Kara, okay. Who will uh, all be devastated as we all are. He has left a legacy that I don't think can, uh, that, you know, very many can match. Um, he never liked, uh, the celebrity side of fame, really. Um, he was just, you know, a lot, uh, much too humble for that. Um, he was the man who created ACDC, uh, because he said there was no rock and roll out there. I'm proud to have known him and uh, call him a friend, and I'm going to miss him so much. I salute you, Malcolm Young. Yes, Malcolm Young was a force for sure and uh, uh, will absolutely be missed. He, um, I know he's been you know, having quite a battle since he left uh, ACDC. I think it was last year. Um, and yeah. yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> let's see, he retired from ACDC and... 2014 because of his, you know, it was this problem. Oh, it was a couple, uh, was couple years ago. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, he did pass away, uh, you know, quite peacefully. Uh, his family was there. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, may he rest in peace. Um, and, uh, yeah, lots of people uh, are, are definitely missing him right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's sad. Let's end on more uh, with the story of uh, more of an upbeat note. Okay, Jens, how's that sound? Please. All right. And this is Stone Temple Pilots. Remember, we've teased um, over the past couple of weeks of um, their new singer um, was going to be announced and uh, and they were going to reveal him at a, an exclusive show uh, for Sirius XM listeners at the Troubadour in West Hollywood. Well, that happened. Um, just a couple of days ago, and uh, and the new singer is Jeff Gutt. 
is his name. Um, and fans can view footage of the live performance on uh, of their new single, Meadow, uh, which we're going to take a, a listen to here, just a, a piece of it in just a second, um, as well as Still Remains from the uh, 1994's Purple. Um, Gut, uh, I guess his name is pronounced Goot, uh, Jeff Goot, G- even though it's G-U-T-T. Um, uh, he was chosen during the band's open audition call for a vocalist after... Uh, Chester Bennington departed in 2015 um, when he returned to later bef- to Lincoln Park before passing a couple months ago. Um, he was discovered by a bassist, Robert DeLeo, after playing a show in Detroit with the Hollywood Vampires. That Hollywood Vampires is uh, Alice Cooper and Johnny Depp. Uh, and I think there's one other person. Uh, oh gosh, it's the dude from Aerosmith. Uh, Joe Perry, I think is. I think those are the three in Hollywood Vampires. Um, even though he hadn't submitted an audition. Not Steve tape. Perry. What was that? Not Steve Perry. No, not Steve Perry. Not from Journey. <laughs> uh, and so this guy. Uh, I thought he was looking for a band. I got excited. He was, was yeah. Uh, and so he he didn't submit an audition tape, and so he uh, he says, "Talk about a happy accident." It was clear right o- or I mean, Robert DeLeo said this. Uh, it was clear right away that Jeff had the range to sing vocally challenging songs like "Piece of Pie" and "Interstate Love Song," but we soon discovered that he also had a, a great ear for melody and knew how to write a song. So um, they started working together, you know, a year over a year ago actually, and uh, and spent the next several months finishing off song ideas and writing music. They're, they're, uh, they have an album due in spring of 2018. He's the third singer in Stone Temple Pilots' recorded history, of course. Um, and um, uh, he says, No one will ever fill Scott's shoes, uh, and I'm not trying to. He's a legend, but these songs deserve to be performed, and people want to hear them. I'm just honored that the guys chose me to help them continue to build this band's legacy. So... Stone Temple cool. Pilots is continuing on. Here's just a, a here's a sample of their first performance of uh, Meadow with uh, their new lead singer. exciting it'll be it'll be good to see what uh you know what kind of uh you know what kind of uh what am i trying to say what, what you know what he brings to the, yeah. to the band what kind of changes like, like he said he's got some big shoes to fill right so right um yeah so that's the upbeat kind of story that we're, we're going to end on for this episode of concert pipeline here um and yeah, lots of great content. Thanks again to Magic Giant for being on the program again uh, and taking time to, to chat. Um, you know, there's some good stuff for uh, coming from Magic Giant uh, ahead. They're on a, a good tour. 
They'll be back in the bay at some point, and uh, and you, when they do come, the, uh, you should definitely check them out. So uh, we're going to play you out, like I said, with an, a song from uh, All American Rejects. Uh, uh, this is a song called... Uh, I, I didn't have it ready. I'm trying to remember which one I chose. And here it is. Okay, this is their single, Give You Hell. For all of us here at Concert Pipeline, that's Jan Schiphol. And that is Steve Jones. Here it is. All American Rejects give you hell. We'll catch you next time. There's a big middle finger from 2009, and uh, a couple of you people probably might still be jamming this shit. We figured we might as well get this shit out of the way so we can give you guys a little hell. Hope it gives you, hope it gives you hell Oh, you like my way, hope it gives you hell, hope it gives you hell Where's your picket fence, love? Where's that shiny car? Did it ever get you far? You never seen so tense, love, bitch, love I've never seen it fall so hard Do you know where you are? Never! Piano mode. That was really slutty. Tomorrow you'll be thinking to yourself, where did it all go wrong? But the list goes on. Face of the kids you have, the kids you have. Walk my way, it gives you hell. 
You'll find a man that's worth a damn and treats you well Then he's a fool, yeah, just as well If it gives you hell When you see my face, if it gives you hell If it gives you hell When you walk my way, if it gives you hell If it gives you hell the song you sing along, but you never tell Seal shit. Anybody, like, can we just give a moment of awesome for Seal because Seal's the shit? They still play that on Hot AC. They still play a little kiss from a rose, right? I hope that shit's still recurrent. And I was actually, I remember I was put on my suit in the hotel. We're staying at, uh, staying at this really creepy place called the Cedar Gables Inn. And it's, uh, it's like an 1800-year-old, you know, it's like from the 1800s. And I put on my suit and I was like, Hot AC. Huh, that's funny.